Christmas. Christmas. I love Christmas. And if you know me personally, you know that, that uh, in the depths of who I am, I'm an evangelist. I love to tell people about Jesus. God has, for some reason, chosen to give me a platform like this. So I get to do this on a weekly basis, but even in my personal life. And I would submit to you today, one of the reasons I love, the reason I love Christmas the most, there is no greater time of the year to tell people about Jesus than Christmas. Yes, I love giving gifts and I like getting the occasional gift. I like going to parties. I like going and eating all the good food and, and drinking hot chocolate. And, and Anthony was telling me they had hot chocolate last night. And Ezra, his youngest boy, thought it was hot Coke. So he woke up this morning and told his mom he wanted a hot Coke. <laughs> but I love, I love Christmas. And so, so this, this sermon series that we've been in, that I want to implore you. I mean, the, the, the culture that we live in, the Babylonian culture that presses against everything that we believe in this Bible states to be true. It, it, they, they, can, they can do everything they can to try to rip Christ out of Christmas. But the last time I checked, you can't spell Christmas without Christ. <laughs> Xmas. Merry Christmas. I'm going to challenge you. Every store you go in, everybody you run into this during this holiday, you look right at them and say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know there are stores where they're not allowed to say that unless you say it to them. Do you know that? You look right at them and say, Merry Christmas. And if the spirit moves, you tell them Jesus loves you. <laughs> Good news. Great joy for all people. Good news, great joy for all people. And if you weren't here last week, get online, listen to that message about good news. It was good news to the woman caught in adultery. It was good news to the woman at the well. It was good news for Levi, the tax collector. And, and it was good news for all of us because he is a friend of sinners. That's what we talked about. He was born to be a friend of sinners. So, so good news, great joy for all people. Let's move into great joy. But let's, let's read Luke 2, verses 8 through 10. Luke 2, verses 8 through 10. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, because every time angels show up, people get scared. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Now, next week, I'm going to preach a message called For All People. If you've got neighbors that don't come to church normally, then maybe they'll come because it's Christmas time. The gospel is for all people. Whew, I could preach that today, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. So, so I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. I'm going to speak to you a moment, for a moment today on the subject of great joy through a promise kept. Great joy through a promise kept. How many of you know, how do I put this? It hurts when someone makes a promise and they don't follow through, doesn't it? It really does. We've all experienced, especially in close relationships, especially when, when, when you really care about someone and they really care about you, but we're imperfect. Humanity's imperfect. And so we do let people down at times. And, 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 but, but when someone really close to you makes a promise and they don't follow through on that promise, it hurts. It really, it really does hurt. 
And I can remember growing up and I can remember uh, uh, there would be times and I had great parents. Don't get me wrong. I have to say that they're watching right now or listening. No, I really I really did have great parents, but they, they both worked really hard. And I can remember t- times my dad saying, hey, we're going to go fishing Saturday and work would come up. We wouldn't get to go. And I mean, I, I turned out OK, you know, but but that's a that's just a little illustration of a, a promise that maybe it wasn't kept yet yet. God kept his promise. Good news that will cause great joy for all people. Great joy through a promise kept. Where, where do we get the promise? When you look at Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah 9, 6, most of you know this scripture. Now, this is in the Old Testament. This is a prophecy. For, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, I want, you, I want you to read that with me. I want you to read it out loud, okay? Are you ready? For to us, a child is born. To us, and the government. Come on, loud. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Number one. The promise of a savior. Isaiah, the first part of Isaiah 9, 6 there. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. I think it's very interesting there that, yes, the child was born, but the son was given. You get that? A child, yes, a child was born into this world, but there was a baby, and his name was Jesus. And there was a child born into this world, but there was a son given. And in this holiday season, we can't skip past the sacrifice that God made for you and I, because he loves us so much to, to give his son as a gift. To us, a son is given. Yes, the child has been born, but a son is given by an almighty God. Don't miss that. Don't miss that when you get caught up and get, oh, well, they got me something. I got to get them something and I got to do this and I got to check this list off. And oh, my goodness, I forgot this. And oh, I got to do this. Nah, 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 nah. And, and you're missing the whole joy, the whole joy of the season, the whole joy. It's good news and it's a cause for great joy. Why? Because there was a promise kept. And that promise was, look, a child is born, but a son is given. A savior is given. God gave his only son. So when, the, when, when we rejoice and we sing these Christmas songs, we're singing because we received the gift of the son. He gave his son. A child is born, a son is given. Luke 2, 11, the promise of a savior. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. And then going back to the Old Testament, Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. I mean, we, we could spend all day going back through the Old Testament and reading the prophecies of the, the, the birth of Jesus. And, and I just I just picked a few out right here. And, and if you you've got some people in your life that sometimes you sit down, they're unbelievers and maybe you have coffee with them or maybe play go play golf with them or go fishing with them. And, and, and what a what, what a great time. Uh, maybe you're going to be with family through the holidays or maybe, you know, go to the work party. You know, you know, those work parties, you know, those work parties, don't you? Where you go and everybody acts like they like each other. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, but, but, but you, you can't deny, you can't read the Old Testament. The prophecy was fulfilled. A child was born, a son was given. The promise of a Savior came to fruition in Bethlehem when Jesus Christ was born. And when he was wrapped, he was born of a virgin, and he was wrapped in, in a manger. This was foretold in the Old Testament to happen, and it happened, and it's good news, and it's a cause for great joy for all people because it was a promise kept. God kept his promise. He gave his son. And we know Jesus kept his promise at the cross. Number two, the promise of a wonderful counselor, second part of Isaiah 9, 6, and he will be called wonderful counselor. I want to spend a little bit of time here. That, that wonderful counselor, this idea of a counselor, this idea, let's just break that word down, a counselor, one who gives counsel, one who gives direction, one who understands and, and, and analyzes and, and does their best to understand the situation and then takes from their wealth of knowledge and shares from their wealth of knowledge into your situation. That pretty good, counselor? Are you guys here? I mean, that's pretty much right, right? Analyze your situation, dig into the depths of the knowledge of, of education or whatever, whatever that, that counselor may have, life experience, and then to share that with your situation and how your situation can be better. I'm, I'm all for that. And there are people that are a lot smarter than me that, that when you sit down and talk with them, they may be able to help you out in your situation. But I want to tell you this, don't run to anybody before you run to Jesus. He's a wonderful counselor. And then, and then we have the promise of a wonderful counselor that's kept in the promise of the Holy Spirit. John, John 16, I believe it is, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. How many of you have a smartphone? All right. And, and you push the button and you can ask it questions. I actually did this one time and the thing said something back to me it shouldn't have said at church, so I, I decided not to use that illustration today. <laughs> but, but, you know, you ask Siri questions, right? Like, how do I get here? Or what, what is this? And, and we live in this quick Google society of, 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 you know, you'd be watching a television show and you think you know that person and you, you just speak into the phone, who is such and such on such and such? And it tells you. But, but I dare you. you, you get your phone, you get your smartphone out, and you ask it a question like, should I pursue this relationship? Should I take this job? Why do I feel so down? How should I handle this family dynamic situation that I'm caught up in right now? That smartphone ain't going to do jack for you. That's what the Holy Spirit's for. He is the wonderful counselor. Psalm, Psalms 32, 8 says this. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. What a, what, what a wonderful counselor we have. I hope you're taking notes. If you're leading a life group, if not, you can go to the Bible app and get these. There's a lot of scripture we're going to go through today. Look at Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28, 29, this also comes from the Lord of hosts who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. So we have a God 
that created everything that we know. And then, and then sin enters in. Death comes to the party with sin. So there has, to be, there has to be a bridge built from humanity back to a perfect God. So the angels, don't forget, the angels show up and the angel is, they're, they're somewhat caught between two spiritual dimensions because they, they're coming from heaven so they know, they understand the perfectness of heaven and they're looking at the shepherds and they understand the problem of humanity because they're stained with sin and that's why they said it's good news and it's, it's gonna be a cause for great joy for all people because we see your sin problem and we know his perfection. And so don't miss out the gravity of those and, and the promise kept in a son being given, the promise kept of a savior being given, and the promise kept of a wonderful counselor. So God, in the Old Testament, he, he wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. Then he gives his son. And then Jesus said, I must go away so another can come. But when, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all manners of ways. He will teach you things. When you, get, when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and only you can do that, only you can do that, when you do that, the Bible says there, there's, there's an unbelievable transaction that happens, and God comes into your heart and, and, and forgives you and gives you a new life. But when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit indwell you. The spirit of God indwells you. Samuel Chan, I believe, wrote, I believe it was Sam, wrote a book called The Forgotten God about the Holy Spirit. And, and that, that is the comforter. That's the paraclete. That's the one that comes alongside. That's the wonderful counselor. Are you hearing me? Run to Jesus before you run to anybody else. Ask the Holy Spirit what you should do in your situation. And I'm telling you, he will not fail you. Excellent in guidance. Wonderful counselor. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. There is no no problem in your life that he does not have the answer to. If you are willing to get on your face, dig in the word and ask God to give you direction, he will give it to you every time. James says, if you lack wisdom, then you should ask for it and it will be given unto you. It's not a worldly, I'm not done. It's not a worldly wisdom. It's not a worldly wisdom. It's a godly wisdom. It's called the gift of the Holy Spirit to help lead and guide and direct you through rough times through turbulent waters, through raising children that you want to kill. His name is Jesus. My goodness. Eric was in my office this morning. He said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could just preach for six hours? We'll We'll just rotate him in and out. I said, Eric, that's what I do. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, I forgot. A promise kept. Calls for great joy through a promise kept. Number three, the promise of a mighty God. Uh, again, we'll, we'll stick with Isaiah 6, the second part, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. Man, I can't get that out of my spirit. Got to keep going. Mighty God. Mighty, a wonderful counselor and a mighty God. I, I believe that we live 
I don't believe, I know we live in a culture and a society that for hundreds of years has tried to minimize the greatness of God. And and, and the way this happens is through pride. And the way this happens is through humanity making itself its own God. We have idols in our life that we make gods. And before we know it, we, we, we minimize, we put God in this box and we forget that he is a mighty God. I want to read, I want to read Psalms 29, three through 11. It's a little bit lengthy, but it, this, this right here, this right here just, just messes me up. This is awesome. Psalms 29, three through 11. I'm talking about a mighty God. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian, like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people and the Lord will bless his people with peace. You get a chance, read that Psalms 29 this week. Read, read the entire Psalm and you start thinking about the, the mighty God that we serve. Young people in this room right now, don't get so educated beyond your intelligence. Don't let people who, who, who tell you that, that this God over here is the same as this God over here and this God. No, this is the, he is the I am, the one true God and he is mighty to save. He is mighty. And you read, you read in Job where God comes to Job and he says, brace yourself. I'm going to question you and you will answer me. How big you think you feel if God showed up at your door and said, Hey, Jason, brace yourself. I'm, I'm going to question you and you will answer me. I just hear my dad's voice when I did something wrong, man. (laughs) And and, and God goes in, and we're talking about the mighty God, and God goes into this oracle of surely you know where the hell is kept in storehouses for times of trouble. Surely you were there when I stretched out the dimensions of the earth. Surely you know, surely you know, Job. And it goes into this unbelievably amazing, God, God's just kind of barely, barely, barely showing off. And it's just the tip of the iceberg of his might, his might. And now we find ourselves all these thousands of years later, we're in this spiritual war and that mighty God is still mighty to save. He said, I am going to give my son. I'm going to keep my promise and he will be a wonderful counselor and he is a mighty God. I tell you, I don't believe in bragging, but I think it's okay to brag on God. Paul even said, if I boast in anything, I'm going to boast in the Lord. Yes, he's a mighty God. He's in mind. Take that situation in your life to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the word. Take it to your prayer closet. Take it to him. Take it to him. Ask him what you should do about it. And then remind yourself of his might. Remind yourself that there is no mountain too high or no valley that's too low. I was texting with someone this week and they, they, they've had a rough, rough couple months. 
lost loved ones and then had a, a, a place in Gatlinburg burned down, Gatlinburg burned down and just a lot of different things that had happened. And where he's a pastor and we're texting and I was just trying to encourage him. I'd seen a picture of him standing. You know, somebody took a picture of him from behind. They didn't, he didn't know. And he's just standing there looking at what used to be, you know, his, his getaway. And, um, anyway, we were texting back and forth and, and, and he said, yeah, when it rains, it pours. And I said, you know what? I've always believed that, but I believe that the, the good and the bad. And I'm looking, to, I'm looking forward to a, a new year where it pours the blessings of God. And I was just speaking that over him, just speaking that over him. And, and, um, and, and he said, yeah, man, I've, I've, had a, I've had a lot of mountaintop experiences in my life. So, so you're going to have some valleys. And I texted him back. I said, yeah, you don't, dig well, you don't dig wells on the mountain, do you? You dig them in the valley. He's a mighty God. He's in the valley with you. Ask him. If any man should like, lack wisdom, ask him, and it will be granted unto him. Seek the voice of the Lord. Chase after the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Take heed to the voice of the wonderful counselor. And then remind yourself through worshiping. That's what worship's all about. Worship's all about just, it's just reminding us how great God is. How big he is, how mighty he is, how loving he is, how merciful he is, how grace-filled he is. That's the God we worship. I hope you don't come in here on Sunday mornings and sing these songs that we sing and just kind of blah like Steve does for announcements, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you did it. I, you did it. No, we're singing about a mighty God. A mighty God. Zephaniah 317, last scripture on this point. The Lord your God in your, in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. That is the kind of mighty God we have. The Lord your God in your midst. In other words, he is in your situation. He will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He, he's happy about you. He, he, is, he is encouraged by you. I want you to hear that today. He's rejoicing. He will quiet you with his love. He will quiet you with his love. The noise of this world can get so loud at times that, that we, we can't, we can't d- discern between the voice of God and the voice of the world. If, if, you know, if all we're doing is feeding ourselves the, the voices of this world and, and, and then the wonderful counselor has no, he can't, the Holy Spirit can't squeeze. I mean, you don't squeeze the Holy Spirit in. You got to let him loose. Give him time. He will quiet you with his love. That's beautiful, isn't it? He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I don't know what it sounds like when God sings. I know it sounds better than when I sing. (laughs) But that verse earlier in Psalms 29 says it's thunders. Thunders. Revelation talks about the tribes around the throne worshiping and lightning and can't wait. Can't wait. 
stood right here yesterday and did a celebration service for Sherry Hoffman, and she knew the Lord. She, she loved the Lord. She was a Christian, and when you do uh, funerals, we call, them, we call that a celebration service, and I've been doing this for almost 20 years now, and, and it, it's just so, it's, it's so much easier to, to sit and do those as a pastor when you know that you know that you know, and I had sat beside her bed, and John and I had sat with her, and there was no doubt, and, and I was standing up in this exact spot yesterday, and this room was standing, this standing room on only people out the back, people everywhere. I mean, if I, the fire marshal would have just turned around and walked away. We need to cut that from the internet. Uh, but, but, but as I was standing here and, and, and just giving a word, consoling the family and talking about Sherry, I, I, you know, I'm just thinking, what is she seeing right now? What? what, what? <laughs> yeah, because if we really believe what we say, we believe. The eternity is reality. What is, and I just get, I just got caught. What is she, what is she seeing right now? Mine can't comprehend. He's a mighty God. He is a mighty God. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Let's keep going. Jack Bauer clock is looking at me. The promise of an everlasting father, and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. Everlasting Father, I was in youth ministry for years, and I can tell you, with the generation that I minister to and the generation that's coming up right now, that word Father is a cuss word to many young people. So sad. It's so sad. But it is. It, it's just not a good a good when and so when you would try to minister to young people and say he's a loving father that word father just mm, he's the best father he's the everlasting father someone got an idea one time at federal penitentiary to give free free mother's day cards to anybody who wanted to write their mother a happy mother's day card and they ran out and they said, wow, what a great idea. And there's thousands and thousands of, of men in this, in this penitentiary. So what they decided to do, they decided to do it on Father's Day. Out of thousands and thousands of men, four cards were sent. That's why father's a nasty word to, to, to this generation. Now, if you're here today and you made some mistakes as a father, you can't change it. Get get. Let, let it go, move on. Because any of us that have raised kids, we would tell you that we, we're human, we make mistakes. But, but this, this everlasting father, this idea of, of the perfect father, this idea of a father that will never let you down, this idea of a father who's always ever present and everlasting from the beginning to the, to, to the end. Isaiah says this in this next scripture, but now, Lord, you are our father. I love this. We are the clay and you are our potter and all we are the work of your hand. Everlasting Father, 
everlasting father. So you take everlasting father and then you read Isaiah 64, 8. And so I know that God is working on me. He's molding me. He's molding me. He's molding me. He's messing with me. He's jacking with me. He wants me to be better. He, he's getting down inside of me. I, he, I'm the clay. And, and you know, sometimes that clay's got to be broken and it's got to be reheated. Then it's got to be put back together. And, 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 but, but the everlasting father part is what I love because he's never giving up on me. He's, he's constantly molding me. He's constantly, I am constantly the work of his hand. And, and one day I'm going to be made into the image, into his likeness. And it's going to be a masterpiece. But any artist you ever meet would tell you that any artwork that they're proud of took a long, 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 arduous process. And they start painting and they throw it away. They repaint and they throw it away. And that's what God's doing with us. He's forming us. He's a great father. Isaiah 54, 10. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. He's a good, good father. Yes, you know that one. That was only written last year. Surely you know that one. You don't know any of my other hymns. You, you think about everlasting father and... And I hope today, I sincerely, sincerely hope today that as you sit here and you, you ponder a wonderful, wonderful counselor, mighty God, an everlasting father, I, I hope that maybe perhaps through understanding that that son was given, through this holiday season, maybe that you would get a new perspective on the word father. A lot of us had great fathers, some of us not so great. That's not what this is about. This is about an everlasting father. He was, he is, and he is to come. And he's perfect. He's faultless. He's blameless. And he loves you and me. So much so he gave his only son. And he gave us the gift of a wonderful counselor. And he's mighty. And he's everlasting. I mean, are, are, you, are you starting to see the picture that Isaiah 9-6 is painting here for the, the, the Savior that has been given to us? Are you seeing this? Are, 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 you, are you seeing how, as, as Christ followers, that, that we should not shrink away from this culture thinking that our God is too small and, and, and shrink away? I've got a friend in my life that, that I, I haven't told him this yet. I'm going to tell him soon. He is a modern-day John the Baptist. Except he doesn't eat bugs <laughs> that I know of. He's, he's a modern day John the Baptist in love. Because he understands that we have a mighty God. And, and Isaiah 9-6 is trying to paint this picture of this beautiful gift. Hey, it's good news. And it's a cause for great joy for all people. Why? Because unto you a child is born, for unto you a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. Perfect Father. And then finally, last thing, kept the promise of peace. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. 
Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Wow. Luke 2, 14. If you would have kept reading from Luke 2, 8 through through 10. Luke 2, 14 says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Angels stuck between two spiritual dimensions saying, it's good news. It's caused great joy. And it's for everyone. Peace on, and, and, and peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. Peace. He's the prince of peace. So Jason, what, what exactly do you mean when you, you talk about being the prince of peace? Well, Romans 5.1 says that we are justified through our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have peace with God. So the prince of peace, the owner of peace, the owner of true peace, the one that could the only one that could restore peace between humanity and God was Jesus. That's it. You say, oh, you know, you're talking about sharing Jesus with people during the holidays. And I get really nervous sharing people with Jesus. My, my palms start sweating. My tongue sticks to the top of my mouth. And, and, and I don't even really know if I know enough of the Bible to tell people about Jesus. And God loves them. We sin. We're sinners. We're born into sin. There had to be a bridge. His name's Jesus. Put your faith in him. He'll save you. He'll change your life. Not that hard. Peace. He's a prince of peace. Look, look at John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither, neither let it be afraid. That right there to me is, that is the wonderful counselor. That is the mighty God. That is the everlasting father. And that is the prince of peace. Jesus is saying, look, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. So in this holiday season, in this good news, that's a cause for great joy for all people. Are you at peace with God? Are you at eternal peace with God? Because again, Romans 5.1, we was just on the screen. The way, therefore, having been justified by faith. By faith in who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. There it is. Are you at peace with God? Are you at eternal peace with God? Man, if you're not, what a great day to give your heart to Jesus. What a great day to, to, I don't know how, this is probably not theologically correct, but cash in that God-given voucher of a gift called Jesus and say, I accept your gift, God. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of playing. I'm tired of not being, I'm tired of not being at peace. Are you at peace with God? Would you bow your head all over this place? No one's moving around unless you have to. Say, Jason, that I can't say that I'm at peace with God because I can't point to a moment in time where I have put my faith in Jesus Christ. 
Salvation is a faith issue. It's between you and God. No one can put your faith in God for you. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. And so today I wonder all across this room or whether you're watching online or listening, I wonder if maybe there are those of us who cannot point to a moment of time where we, we've put our faith in Jesus. If that's you and you're here today, you say, Jason, I need to be saved. I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I need to accept that gift of salvation. If that's you, slip your hand up long enough for me to see it. Just put it right back down. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I need to make that decision. I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ that brings peace with God. Anyone else? You raised your hand. Pray this prayer with me right where you sit and after church, if you would come up up to the, the table here under the screen and see Marilyn. She's got a, a Bible and a devotion for you, a seven-day devotion. But, but right now, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you today that I have a new perspective on who you really are and how much you do love me. And in this moment, in this moment, Father, I, I realize that I need a Savior. I realize that I'm not at peace with you, God. So I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. That Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. That Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I, I confess and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross. I believe he was placed in the grave and I believe he rose from that grave on the third day. I'm confessing that, Lord, right now. And I believe he's coming back for me. So thank you, God, for your love and your grace and your mercy. Lord, let it flood my soul. Let it flood my soul, God. But thank you most of all for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that your word says angels are rejoicing right now. For you have left the 99 to find the one. That's the kind of God you are. Lord, thank you. For the rest of us, God, as we go through this holiday season, challenge our hearts to not get caught up in this what, what this world would want us to, to, to know as Christmas, a consumer mentality. Lord, let us be givers. Let us be sharers of the good news that the angels were talking about, a cause of great joy. Put, it, put a joy in our hearts, Lord. Put a joy in our hearts, Lord, through this holiday season that's inexpressible and full of glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.